your host, Natasha Zhao, partner and senior consultant at QED Consulting. In this episode, we will explore the in-demand skill sets you need to upskill your mastery of anything digital. Today, there's no questioning the importance of digital and having digital marketing skills, but what does it take to be a really savvy digital marketer? I thought it best to hear from someone who herself has been recognized as one of the top 100 digital marketers in the world and an industry veteran with over 20 years of experience in marketing, digital and advertising. She was the former CEO of Aegis Media Singapore and executive director of the APAC Media Practice team. And we're also very glad to have her as a trainer and mentor on the QED Consulting team. Let's welcome Audrey Kwa on this episode. Hi Audrey, so glad to have you join us today. Someone recently shared a quote with me about how any company that does not move into digital marketing is making a mistake. And as harsh as it sounds, there's a lot of truth in it. What is your take? I think let me just start with defining what marketing is. So I think, you know, it's always good to get alignment on that. So Philip Kotler, who is actually designated as the father, if you like, of modern marketing, describes marketing quite well. And he calls it the science and art of exploring, creating and delivering value to satisfy needs of a market segment and obviously at a profit. And because it is about satisfying needs, right? So it looks at how you identify unfulfilled needs of this market segment, um, what's the profit potential, then it also talks about how you go to market with your products and services. And throughout this whole definition, obviously the customer element is everywhere, right? It starts at identifying needs of uh, unmet needs of a particular market or segment, uh, look at the size and profitability of that segment, and then what services and products you have that is capable of meeting the needs of that group of people. If you look at it, people obviously is central to marketing. And if we look at ourselves, and I'll think of it even pre-COVID, right? Within a single minute anywhere around the world, today, people are totally invested in the digital system. Everything from checking emails, messages, WhatsApp, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We live our lives in a very digitized fashion today. And that happened even pre-COVID. So if I go back to the definition of marketing and why that quote resonates with me, and thank you for sharing that, is that we live digitally heavy lives today. So if marketing, and by definition, therefore digital marketing, if marketing doesn't progress or it doesn't kind of move in the direction of digitalization, then there is actually nobody to sell to as a business, right? There's nobody to reach out to. There's nobody to speak about your value proposition to if you maintain a non-digital marketing sphere, literally. And because digital is where our buyers and users are, influencers, etc., digital marketing has become so pervasive. And so that quote, though extremely dire, that sounds a bit doomsday, is actually very, very apt, like I said, because it's where our customers live and breathe, right? It's where they buy, it's where they get influence, it's where they get information, it's where they connect with you as a business as well. So that's why digital marketing is so pervasive. Right. Based on your experience, how are you seeing digital marketing around the world? I would say, especially in Singapore, how has it been evolving these times? I would say around the world, digital marketing has a little bit of an overemphasis on the go-to-market piece. So the execution aspect of it, which is things like, oh, what platforms to use? Uh, how do I you know, do all my digital marketing tactics and all of that? So there's quite a heavy emphasis on that piece. 
which is not wrong in itself because I have just said marketing is about getting your products and services to the right group of people at the right price to get the right profit and all that. So the go-to-market, the execution part is obviously very critical. However, like I said, I think there's this huge overemphasis on it because if you look at it, the definition of marketing speaks to being able to identify unmet needs. So there are lots of components of marketing from identifying unmet needs, whether your product and services as it stands today can meet those needs, whether they are going to be future-proofed, whether you're still going to be relevant as a business a couple of years down the road. So marketing is all of that in addition to the go-to-market component. And I think digital marketing has a slight overweight on the latter part, which is the go-to-market, a bit underweighted on really understanding what the needs are, the unmet needs of the customer are, and whether we're thinking holistically, right? So I think digital marketing is still a bit, like I said, overweight to tactics, a little bit underweight to understanding customers, strategy, those parts of it, yeah. What would you say are the biggest learning points or initiatives then that companies should be adopting or integrating? I think there are five pillars of an organisation and therefore by default the marketeers in that organisation. First is to master the fundamentals of marketing and comms. And I've said um, many years ago that just because you add the word digital in front of the word marketing hasn't changed the fact that it's still about marketing. I think understanding the mastering fundamentals is very, very important. Second, highly overused phrase, but actually very true still, is to be customer-centric. If Kotler defines marketing as meeting unmet needs of your customers, if you're not customer-centric, you are not going to understand what those needs are. Third, not to be put off, but actually lean into the complexities and the opportunities of marketing ecosystems. They can look very daunting, they can look very challenging, but actually leaning in kind of removes, the demystify the complexity. The fourth piece, like all digitalization initiatives, is how do you stay on top of new developments? I think that's very important. And last but not least, because nobody knows everything all the time, every time. So I think a test and learn mindset, which is the last pillar, if you like, is quite important to embed in your organisation, especially your marketing uh, leaders and your marketing teams. The pace of things currently moves so quickly and staying on top of new developments in this digital space is probably pretty key. Absolutely right. I think things happen really fast. And so it's quite easy to get either completely drowned out by information or on the flip side, kind of run away from information. Are there any practical tips, pointers and resources for our learners? So I've always said a very practical way in which I keep tabs is the humble Google alert. It's so underrated as well. People don't think much about it, but I literally have a series of Google alerts set up on key things that I need to stay on top of. But if I take one step before that, how do I stay on top of things to begin with? What do I put to get alerted on, right? There is a very respected publication, the, the Gartner Hype Cycle. Every year, it gets announced, it gets released, it gets covered extensively. So actually, the first thing I actually put an alert on is the Gartner Hype Cycle. It is a simple, easy way, automatically, you know, once a year, Google scoops up all the information and puts it in front of me. I just study it and then I use that as the guidepost for the alerts I set up for this year. So I think that's, to me, a very practical way to stay on top of new things because, like I said, it does move fast, but what I've hopefully shared is a way to keep track of the big themes, which is Gartner Hype Cycle, right? So put an alert on that. And then once you've read the materials around that, then put your own Google Alerts for what you feel 
are the developments that will matter most in your business, if you like. So give an example, they just released their alert, usually in the mid of the year. So the July 2021 just came up. And it's very good. it speaks about what is really early adoption. For example, looking at customer data ethics. So not just customer data compliance, but what's the ethics of even why are you collecting such information? Things like visual search, for example. So that's very in the early phases. But let's say if I'm a business that is a bit more in the broad-based marketing things, I've got lots of products out there already. I've got a fairly large customer base. So where I want to play is actually a little bit more in the more established spaces, but still quite critical. For example, like, am I building personalization engines? That Gartner calls it the slope of enlightenment, which means in the next, just hitting three to four years, it's going to become mainstream. So am I, you know, learning how to build personalization engines, for example? And then if I have a business that is very event-triggered, that means people need to buy on an ongoing basis, do I think about event-triggered marketing? And then how do I continue to build even things like multi-channel capabilities, right? So I think something like this, like I said, it just got released in July of this year. But looking at this, I'm able to then assess where I am in my business, in my marketing, and then decide for myself, what are the five or six pieces that I think is going to be critical? And then I want to put alerts on that. Thanks, Audrey. So it's one Google Alerts, set the alerts for the Gartner hype cycle. Yes, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. Tracking back to what you shared earlier about, you know, how one of the pillars that organizations should use and implement is a test and learn mindset. Do you think you could elaborate a bit more about it? Sure. So like I said, I think it starts with, we don't know what you don't know. The thinking behind testing and learning it's so that you keep getting this mindset of continuously learning what works and what doesn't work for your business. For example, a business like Amazon has nine versions of a site running at any given time to literally test new content. And so your Amazon homepage may look vastly different from mine simply because of our history and what Amazon wants to kind of test with our consumer archetype, if you like. So, so I think that is the thinking to allow for experiments to happen in real time and not just if you like beta testing. So it's, it's real, it's in the marketplace, it's with real customers and you're looking at what works. I imagine the information and insights that come back from that. So that's obviously at a scale that perhaps most companies will hear and go, you know, we, we barely can get one version of our site out. How do we handle nine, right? But like I said, I think if you're not aspiring to the big stuff, but how do you take baby steps, right? So there's a very interesting, there's a great resource, the Google Think Asia platform website. And in there, they, they speak to head marketers across the region and often ask them how do they make sure that they themselves and the, the teams and the organization keeps this test and learn mindset. So for example, Laurel in Hong Kong did a, obviously a series of initiatives with Google and the, the CMO there came up with three I think quite good tips, right? To make sure that your test and learn is quite embedded in your organization. So he says the first one is, don't be afraid of new technology, lean into it early and try it. All your learnings, even if you fail, gives you new learnings for how you approach it subsequently, or even how you approach new technology moving ahead. Understand that consumers today are highly digitally savvy. So the idea of test and learn is not so apparent, it's not so obvious what's going to click and what's going to connect. So by testing and learning, doing A-B tests, you really, really understand your consumers. Then obviously for their business is to continually 
keep trying to look at how they manage omnichannel because they sell as much online as they do offline so how do you keep thinking bring those two universes together and this to him is where they put a lot of the efforts on test and learn I heard that Johnson and Johnson is another organization that adopts this test and learn philosophy Yes totally again very widespread business right everything from baby care to health all of that And what was interesting is the head of marketing there speaks about how they move into even experimenting creatives, right? So not just one size fits all, one piece of work for everything, but really thinking again about that digitally savvy consumer. How do you then be experimental in the way you put creative messaging and innovation in front of your customers? Therefore, if you bring it then down to say maybe an SME, for example, test and learn may sound still quite daunting because you guys all the resources. But interesting enough, when you speak to SME marketing teams, right? Actually, within their hands, even if you're looking at say a Facebook piece of work, a Facebook campaign, it's super easy to set up in Facebook Audience Manager, A/B tests. You know, between two slightly different kind of messages you have uh, to two different audiences, because you want to get a sense of whether which one is going to sign up for your service, your products, and all that. So it's actually not as daunting as people imagine it to be, but it is actually such a huge necessity to kind of embrace in marketing today. Can you tell us something about being a master in digital marketing that most listeners may not know about? To be a master of digital marketing, you need to go back to being a master of marketing. Why do I say this? So that means understand what your product stands for. What's the value proposition? Is it really relevant in the market that you are competing in? Understand how you look at pricing. Now, obviously, understand how you, you know, get your product into the hands of your customers, right? And obviously, with the comms and all of that. So actually, being able to understand the fundamentals of marketing. Is a huge step to kind of gaining mastery of digital marketing itself. Because digital is just a channel, right? I think it's more than a channel. Digital is also a way of going to market that makes things faster, perhaps sometimes even more challenging. But it doesn't take away from the fact that if you don't have a great product, you're not priced right. You completely misaligned to the right segment. Just because you do great Facebook work, Google, etc., will not see your business grow. To me, what digital marketing does, as somebody gave a great analogy in the past, is if you think of digital in the way it accelerates customer service, and and for us, like I said, one of it is to be customer centric, right? So really know what your customers want. In the past, without digital. You get customer feedback maybe once in a blue moon because somebody must make the effort to write a letter, put a stamp on it, and mail it, or bother to call your hotline, right? I mean, and those are I think quite major obstacles. But today we think of how you can get customer feedback. All your social channels are available for customer feedback. Just that alone is extensive. How they travel through your website is a great sense of what thing is attracting your customers, right? So what digital does. It allows you to get data and feedback and, and insights, if you like, faster and more furious. But you still have to understand how to do good customer insights work. The only thing it does is it builds volume and velocity of information coming to you. But if you don't have a customer-centric mindset, you don't understand the customer insight tools and all of that, then all of this data coming in will be a missed opportunity. But whereas if you are a, a marketer that gets customer centricity. You would then assemble capabilities around how you handle volume and velocity of customer feedback. You then get insights, further improve what you do as a marketer. So I think digital 
is an enabler of great marketing, if you like. Yeah. Now, how about for listeners who might be individuals keen on getting started and becoming savvy digital marketers themselves? Any tips or advice you have for them? Sure. I think if individuals are coming into the field new, or they're looking to transition and pivot to this space, I think there is a huge merit in signing up for formal programs. Because I think what formal programs do is they help you learn the A to Zs of digital marketing, but in a structured manner with a peer set that is probably at the same space as you. So you're learning from each other as much as you're learning from a facilitator, right? So I think sign up for kind of digital marketing comms program formally, if you like, right? So I think that's my advice to people who kind of, I don't want to pivot or grow their skill sets in this space. For those of you tuning in, QED Consulting runs training and equipping programs in digital marketing and communication. Now, as you're one of our mentors in the Career Conversion Program for in-house digital communications professionals, could you share more about your mentorship style? I think I, I like to always bring real world into the class. So everything about real success and failures, a big thing for me is people should make new mistakes, not repeat old ones. Okay, so, so if you learn from somebody's success, it's easy. But if you learn from, say, your mentor's failures, I'm quite happy to share often. You then learn what to avoid. And I always tell people, make new mistakes. Because then what happens is that the learning horizon actually just expands, right? So that's what you're learning then from somebody else's new mistakes. Like I said, I always like to bring the real world into the class. So success and failures, case studies, how people, you know, actually like I said, harness digital complexities, but how do you manage that to grow your business and your brand? So I think that real world piece, I guess is a trademark of how I mentor. Right, yeah, it's always good to learn at others' expense. Learn from the mistakes of others. Absolutely. Make new ones, I always say, make new ones. Thank you, Audrey, for sharing your very personal insights and experience. I'm sure we all learned something new that will help us master this digital age and connect with our audiences. So listeners, if you'd like to reach out to us or find out more about how you could even be mentored by Audrey, just write to us at ccp at qed.sg. ccp at qed.sg. Thank you for tuning in to our Masters of Digital podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Zhao. And if you like what you've heard, remember to subscribe to our channel to catch our latest episodes.